Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode five of the One Day Closer podcast. I am your host, Jay. Thank you so much for joining me. What a, what a wild ride this has been, sharing this story. And again, the support and the love everybody's given me has just been amazing. And again, I say thank you. So just a little recap. After the progress we had made and got last episode ended with me going back to the neuro unit. One thing I also wanted to mention, since our last episode at the end of November, we passed my three-year anniversary. So December 1st of 2020 is when my life changed. And uh, what a crazy three years that's been. But with all that being said, it's been an amazing three years too. Can't tell you how it feels to, to be a living miracle. So with all of that being said, you know, we had high hopes those last couple of weeks in rehab, and it was just, we were crushed, right? After that last relapse, I became a full quad, and I got back to the neuro unit. So with that, it was our reality check. All right, we are back to the neuro unit in the main hospital. It's May 10th of 2021. And yes, a big reality check. We thought we were making progress. Things actually were improving steady. We felt the medical team had a good handle on everything. And then this relapse, which was the worst one of all, that left me a full quadriplegic. So yes, the reality also of not knowing the future. We thought we understood where things might be going. But when this disease showed it could even be more aggressive, it called a lot of what we even thought we understood into question. And that was, that was some scary times. On the upside, on the 10th, as we moved back to NSSU, and they just started immediately getting meds going, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. But the highlight, if you could say, hey, what's a highlight? Well, I'll tell you what the highlight was. On uh, May 11th, my mom and my sister came to visit. And this is a visit they had planned I believe uh, for at least a couple of weeks, and they were going to get a hotel and stay overnight. Of course, when <laughs> when we made those plans, you never would have known, or none of us would have, that I'd be back in the neuro unit and worse than ever, because I was making such great progress, and and they were coming to see that firsthand. Like I said uh, in earlier episodes, and I'll say it again, a visit, a visit from mom's always a good thing, and uh, and my sister too. They. they can lift your spirits in so many ways. So uh, that was a, was a great visit and uh, a well-needed start to, uh, to that week. So medicines, they immediately started me back on IVIG and they upped the frequency to every two days where I was getting it once a week. On the 11th, they started a drug called Solaris. And that is the miracle drug for me. That is the one that ended up being the game changer. And I started that at two times a week. And I'll talk more about Solaris in just a moment. The big thing at this time, they say, hey, we, uh, we have a drug we want to give you. It may help. It shows promise with people with similar neuromuscular issues. But we're going to have to give you a vaccine before we can give you the medicine. One of the reasons that was such a stout statement 
is because in the previous weeks leading up to this point, I was told I could never have any vaccines again for the rest of my life, or at least not for about five years. So now the same people that told me that are telling me that I'm going to have to get a vaccine. So it was the actual meningitis vaccine is what it was. The medicine, rituximab. And it was so, so fun because they're like, hey, you know, we told you no vaccines. And this one may kill you. We're going to keep a good eye on you. But if it doesn't mess you up, hey, next week we can start the rituximab. You know, you know, times are crazy when you don't even hesitate after somebody tells you something could possibly kill you because you don't have a lot of options at that point. And you say, let's go full, full force. I knew uh, I knew God was with me every step of the way. So here we are. We are back in the neuro unit. They are hitting me hard with all the meds, very aggressive treatment. I did get my vaccine. They monitored me very, very closely during that week. It's getting my Solaris two times a week. And the Solaris is an interesting drug. And I still take Solaris to this day or get Solaris infusions. It's a mild chemotherapy drug. You would say, well, why are you taking a chemotherapy drug if it's not cancer? Well, it is not cancer. And thank God for that. But what this drug does is just like for cancer patients, this drug kills a particular cell. And in my body, that is a, called a complement cell. That, that name is misleading because that thing don't complement anything in my body anymore. Uh, instead, it, uh, it eats the myelin sheath around my nerves and tries to make me paralyzed. So uh, me and complement cells don't get along like we used to. I'm so thankful that this medicine, Solaris, it doesn't like those little, little buggers neither. And it neutralizes them. And so I get that every two weeks on top of my IVIG therapy every week. So I go to infusion one day a week. Another thing about Solaris that is uh, interesting is insurance would not pay for it. And that, that's a story for, for another episode in full. But without it, I was going paralyzed. This was, they wouldn't, I'm sorry, I have to clarify, they would not pay for it out of hospital once I was an outpatient. And I actually started deteriorating again. Again, I'll, I'll go more in depth in the, the full story later in another episode, but I would like to say that the, the pharmaceutical company was able to get me in a research project or start a research project with me because this medicine is not for my illness. It's for a completely separate illness. And this is also where my doctor, Dr. Vasquez, was amazing because she knew how this medicine worked and she knew what cell was attacking my body. So two and two together, even though the medicine was not for my particular illness, and sure enough, it worked, it has worked, and it is continuing to work. And I, I am so thankful, like I said, I do. I thank God for that every day. So that is a little bit about Solaris. So during this time in the neuro unit, it was interesting. You know, they were monitoring me. They were worried about uh, my body's reaction to this this vaccine. They were giving me my IVIG. They were giving me my Solaris, and I actually started improving again, which was a beautiful thing. It was it was slow, but I say slow. I mean, who we kidding? It it you know there was a little something uh, about a second dose for sure where I was moving um, 
in my arms. And again, I mean, we're talking about just some type of movement, not, not a lot, can move, move a little bit. But uh, one little story that, that's funny with that neuro unit is there was a, a young nurse. I do not remember her name, and I wouldn't say it anyway at this point. I, I wouldn't want to uh, embarrass her. She was, was a baby nurse, as we call them. And, you know, unfortunately, not a lot of critical thinking skills. So she was my nurse for three days straight, I guess her 36 hours. And every day. She would come in and do a neuro check, pen light in the eyes, you know, give me some words to repeat, ask me some questions, make sure I'm alert, oriented. Of course, she was also my nurse the other 12 hours during those days. Many conversations, medications, blood draws, you name it, right? We we're practically know each other's life stories. On day three, so on that Wednesday, she comes in in the morning. It's about 6.30. She's got the night shift nurse. They're doing their turnover. I did not sleep worth a hoot the night before. I'll just leave it like that. It was a terrible, terrible night. And I had finally just started getting some rest, you know, maybe at like 4 or 5 in the morning. And she comes in, and I literally, I'm awake. I'm talking to her. And I say, hey, can we, you know, skip the whole pen light thing and really – you know, we can do the full neuro check. Let me get another hour or so sleep, and I'll do whatever you want. But please, just let me get a little more rest. And she kept on sticking lights in my eyes and asking me questions like, like she didn't even hear me, didn't, almost didn't even acknowledge it. And I asked her again nicely, and she continued to proceed with her neuro assessment. Now, again, this is the same nurse I've been talking to for three days, same nurse that's had me for three days. There's no change in my LOC. My wife is sitting right there, not saying anything that I have a change in condition because there is no change in condition. And I literally, it's probably the only nurse I've ever raised my voice to. And, and I felt bad for it. And I apologized later that day. It was just amazing that I, it just blew my mind that, that she, she, couldn't even put two and two together to, that, hey, you know, this guy's probably still completely oriented and, and no change in his level of consciousness. So that's, a, that's an aside, and, and that made for some interesting time. Another thing that made for interesting time is uh, somewhere around, I guess it was somewhere around the 14th or 15th of May, you know, you can get a little stir-crazy in the hospital that long. And somebody had sent Christy a video, you know, I think it was some of her coworkers. And just a little funny video of them, um, you know, doing like a skit to a song, just a clip. And I got me and Christy to thinking, hey, we could do one of our own. So what would we do? So we came up with our own song to uh, our own lyrics, I guess I would say, to the song YMCA, right? And we made a video and sent it to our therapist, sent it to our friends, and everybody got the biggest kick out of it. And I'll, I'll be releasing it to the world here uh, soon on the Facebook page. So if it's not out already at this point. And uh, boy, that was fun. So uh, you got to, you know, you got you to gotta try to find something good, right? You have to try to make the best of uh, bad times. And, and that surely was a big help. So as that week was coming to a close, on the 17th of May, we were able to get moved back to the Spain Rehab Center. And God bless, man, we were able to get the same therapist, 
that was exciting because they were all so good to me and, and so good with me. At that time, though, we were also getting some news that we, we could have did without. Thankfully, we, we proved it wrong. But at that point, our doctor was telling us that the best hope for recovery would be 50 to 60% of my function and within two to three years. And that would be the best possible scenario at that point that they could hope for and that we were supposed to hope for. Of course, thankfully, I, I have a God that's bigger than, uh, than anything. So I had bigger hopes than 50 to 60%. With that, on the 18th of May, so we're in Spain, and if you remember, right, we just talked about the vaccine. So now it's time to get the rituximab, a beautiful eight-and-a-half-hour infusion. I couldn't tell you the dose. Don't even care, personally. Uh, the medicine did help. You have to love when the medicine is so strong, or I guess the chance of anaphylaxis or a, um, you know, a, an allergic reaction, right? To the medicine. So at the bedside, the nurse had to have uh, some epinephrine and some steroids, some solubedrol, literally ready to go. Also an oxygen uh, mask, a BVM for ventilations if needed. So as you can see, it was very encouraging going into the start of an eight and a half hour infusion when that was the kind of preparation they're doing at bedside for your, for your time. So that, uh, that was scary. One of the good things that came out of that, though, was a, a fabulous nurse. His name was Scott. And he is the one who administered the medication. So he was with me the whole day specifically for that. And it worked out good because we, we shared a lot of the same interest in music and guitar in particular and, and even, you know, styles of music. So it made for some good conversation. And uh, he was just a, a great guy to spend a day with there, and a, a great nurse who did a wonderful job with that infusion. So as we're heading towards later, so around the 20th is when I get my new power chair, and I posted a video on uh, Facebook. Y'all probably saw me driving it with the chin, the old chin drive, and boy, was that crazy. So I, I could have did the sip and puff, as they call it, the one where you see people driving the chairs with, the, with their breath. Uh, fortunately, I never had to do that. Never even tried it. I guess I should have tried it. But the chin drive was some new technology. And um, I think they were eager to try it out. It was, it was, they were eager to try it out. It was some new equipment for them. And, hey, I'm all for it. So it's basically a joystick. They put a little harness uh, thing around my neck. Like I said, go watch the video. Give you a good, good full explanation of it. And in essence, the joystick, I would put my chin on it and steer it, right? Forward, backward, side to side. Of course, we're also doing this with a, a mask on, which made it nice and slippery on the tip of that, but that's also a whole other story. So one of the cool things with this is I could actually, you know, operate like the, the, the speed control and, and other things by my head. They put a couple of buttons on my headrest. So, you know, if I kind of knocked my head to the right, it did one function, hit one button, and if I went to the left, it hit the other. So that was pretty cool. 
Uh, I'm kind of a, a tech geek when it comes to stuff like that. So it, it was uh, it was interesting and fun. At the same time, you have to say, hey, this has just got to be unbelievable because I'm in a wheelchair and I'm having to drive it with my chin. So with that, I learned how to drive it. It was going good. And on a Saturday, I'm down at my PT workout. Okay, so on a Saturday, I'm down getting my PT workout. And I'm in my chair, right, my little chin drive. And my therapist is getting some things set up. And, and I'm just kind of trying to pull out the way while she's getting some equipment set up. And the little joystick that, that I steer it with and drive it with falls through its little bracket that holds it. It gets stuck wide open going forward. I have no control of it. And I'm not smart enough to realize I should have hit the kill switch with my head. This thing speeds about five, six feet, smashes into a therapy table that it moves it. And I say it smashed into it. it my leg was between the chair and, and the therapy table. And we moved the table out the way, which also kind of bounced my chair into a different direction. And I went and smashed into the wall. Thank God about that time, as that was happening, my therapist had already run and jumped and, and was hitting the kill switch. Jesse, I, I've never seen her move that fast. Some of those old cheerleading moves, I'm sure. And uh, we had a, I was laughing about it. She, she didn't find it that funny. She was so worried I was hurt. Luckily, it was just some scratching and a little bruising. And, uh, and of course, she, she wrote it up. We did all the paperwork. So I, I feel comfortable talking about it because no one's going to get in trouble over that. But I just was so thankful that didn't happen. Like, while I was waiting across an intersection there by the hospital on all those busy streets. Or even, God forbid, when I was by the swimming pool, which I ended up. Uh, later on, driving my chair in the, the area for the pool for, for aqua therapy. So as you can imagine, that was, that was that made for a, a crazy ride. So speaking of crazy rides, somewhere there during that last week of May, we had moved into the new apartment. Or who am I kidding? Christy moved us into the new apartment with the help of the kids. And, and thank God for, for family and, and the boys. Uh, Jeremy, Jeffrey, and, and, and who, my kid, my daughter-in-law, Jessica, they were, they were troopers, and them with Christy got us all moved into the apartment. So a couple of days after that, you know, Christy's going back and forth from the hospital to the apartment. So while I'm at therapy, she would go ahead and, and go and try to get some things set up so she could make the most of her time and then be back when I got back to the room. So I get back to the room after therapy, and a little time passes, and, and my phone rings, and thank God for Siri, right? You can answer phones and make calls, and, and that's a funny story I probably need to tell uh, in general about that. So, you know, I'm like, hey, baby, what's up? And she's like, hey, don't, don't be mad, but I got something to tell you. And Okay, uh, of course, baby, I'm not going to be mad. You know, I love you. What's up? She says, well, I wrecked, I wrecked a car. And I said, okay, well, you know, first thing, are you okay? She said, yeah, oh, yeah, it's not, nothing big, I'm okay. I said, well, what car were you in? Because I didn't know if she was driving our van or our, uh, or our car, right? We had both vehicles up in Birmingham at this time. She had them both at the hospital. So, you know, I don't know what vehicle it is. I asked ask her what, and she says, uh, both of them. And I, I thought I misheard her. Uh, you know, I thought I misheard her. I'm like, okay, did, did you just say both? I said, what vehicle are you in? And she says, I wrecked both of them. And, and ladies and gentlemen, 
You're probably wondering how that happens. I was at the time too, and I can tell you how that happens. She actually had moved the van to the apartments and we had assigned spots, assigned parking spots, so right to park next to each other. She was turning into our other assigned parking spot and ran into the van. So she wrecked both our vehicles in one shot. And yeah, you just have to laugh at that, right? I mean, why not, right? With everything else going on. So thank God it was it was just uh, some some dented in bumpers and some broken plastic and a great story. And oddly enough, when I called my insurance agent to get the claim going, he said, that's actually not as uncommon as you would think. Seems like a lot of people do that in their own garages at home. Uh, I think that made Christy feel a little bit better, but you just got to love it. So life's going good, right? It's uh, somewhere around uh, the 23rd, 24th. Christy's all moved in uh, for us at the apartment. Again, like I said, thank God for the kids. It was so wonderful. And we're winding down. The end of May was pretty uneventful, just physical therapy and, and, and working the hardest I've ever worked in my life. I've, I can honestly tell you was the hardest things I've ever done and the hardest I've ever worked in my life. And I thank God for the, for the gains I have made. And I thank God for the therapist I had, uh, including my outpatient, Deanna, and, and we'll talk more about outpatient therapy in the future. So everything's winding down in May. We're going into June. June 1st is Christy's birthday, and I believe it was her 29th birthday, she would tell you. While she was at the apartment getting things ready and, and making our little home for one day when hopefully I'd be getting out of there, which at that time we were not sure when it would be, I uh, had been working with my therapist to get Christy some presents and to do something for her. And of course, it just took, I just had to ask one time, I guess I would say, and every one of them. Uh, jumped in with both feet to help me. And and you talk, like when I say these therapists were awesome, they're awesome therapists, but they're awesome people. One therapist who is fabulous with baking and making sweets made chocolate-covered strawberries and two types of chocolate, I will add, plus some chocolate-dipped pretzels, all fancily decorated and boxed. My other therapist had me set up with a device kind of similar to what we did with the, the music and we talked about in the other episode in that video I posted, but where my arm could be elevated, basically kind of a fixed paintbrush with some water paints in my hand. And I painted a sign that says, I love you. That was, uh, so that was, you know, we were using it as therapy, but it was just amazing to do. And like I said, the therapist was so amazing. So here I am. Christy has no idea. She's at the apartment. I've got signs painted. I've got sweets. They got me balloons for her. Uh, by gosh, I'm going to say even flowers, right? It, it was just amazing how, how unbelievable, helpful they were. And, and, of course, they all refused to accept any type of payment or money for, for everything they did for me that day. The best gift I could have got Christy on that birthday was that was the first day in a long time they had me standing up in a device that's kind of like a big sling, right? And it holds you up upright. 
and I was able to take about 10 steps, maybe 12 steps. Of course, I also had the walker, the stand-up walker, and my therapist was having to hold my legs for my knees to pop out, but I walked, and it was amazing. And I had them video that, and I, I sent it to Christy as a birthday present. And uh, I think uh, that was a good one for both of us. So I'll start winding down, but uh, we'll end at this milestone. Going into June 2nd, I hit my 100 days in the hospital. And that, you know, that's including my time down in Mobile and, of course, all my time up there at UAB. And definitely not a milestone you would want to have to celebrate at all. I'm celebrating it, and I'm still going to be in the hospital for an unknown amount of time. So it was, it was bittersweet. One of the fun things with it is, I, you know, nowadays how, you know, the kids will do the 100 days at school, and they'll dress up like, you know, old people, whatever, wear the wigs and all. Well... One of my therapists surprised me that day and brought an old gray-haired wig and the little headband with the, the 100 flashing, and they got me a banner, or she got me a banner, and decorated the room. It's amazing how you can take something that's, like I said, a, a milestone you, you would never want to hit, much less celebrate, and actually turn it into a good day. And, and the real fun thing with that was is she would have never guessed, but, but I'm crazy enough to wear that wig out of that room. She she just she never would have guessed I wore it and I literally wore it to therapy that day with the, the headband. I mean, what do you really have to lose at that point, right? She my quadriplegic. What what people gonna do? Make fun of me? So uh that that's how we're gonna wrap this episode up. And like I said, that was on June second. We're at the rehab center. We're working hard. Progress is slow. Still a lot of unknowns. As you remember, we had that relapse that got us to this point, and we still don't know if that's going to happen again, and we're coming up near that time. So all we can do is pray, hope, and continue working hard. All right, so like I said, we're going to end it there. Again, I just want to thank everybody for joining me on this journey. Looking ahead a little bit, you know, we were talking about, uh, is there going to be a relapse? And, and again, the worry was real. The fear was real. I was working at rehab. It's the hardest thing I've ever done, like I talked about. But faith and just knowing that there had to be more than the condition I was in, even though my doctors were telling me it wasn't going to improve by much. So with that, never forget no matter what you're going through, no matter what your challenge, you're not alone. Have faith. Trust in God. He will get you through it, I promise. And remember, live your spirit. <laughs>